We're honored uh, today. Sorry, Shole, go ahead. All right. You're translating. Okay. Bless you. Uh, Shole has been translating for a while for us. And more recently, she's been uh, joining me in some of the things that uh, I'm involved in outside the congregation, both in the, in the city, the nation, and, uh, and now on a global scale. And one of the people that she's translated for is one of the peop- one of the couples, that, I guess, that she's translated for are uh, John and Carol Arnott. And we're so honored to have them here with us today. John uh, has been a spiritual father to us as a congregation from a distance. He hasn't known it until we connected recently and, and we discovered one another in a personal and deeper way. And uh, I'm just so delighted that they're able to join us here today with us. I'm getting choked up. And uh, we've had many, many conversations where we've laughed together and cried together. Uh, we got to know each other. Our hearts have sort of been melding together in a very powerful way. Uh, John has written a book called Forgiveness. And in our journey as a church, that book has played a key part in my own journey of forgiving my enemy, forgiving Turks, and forgiving others that have hurt me along the journey. And uh, I just want to thank you, John, for the message of the Father's heart that you and Carol have carried and stewarded so well. Uh, years ago, uh, the Lord exploded in a huge revival that continues to this day known as the uh, the Father's Blessing, amongst many different expressions. Uh, it all started at the Toronto Airport at the time, Vineyard, and then later Christian Fellowship, and today Catch the Fire Ministries. And uh, the Lord has blessed the work of your hands to expand the reach of the kingdom through you to so many, so many people and so many nations. We're honored that you're here with us today. This is probably uh, a very short and skimpy introduction, but uh, we have such honor for you, and we value you uh, as mighty, mighty warriors in the kingdom, and more importantly than warriors, as a father and a mother that love the children of God and all of creation. So God bless you. I'll hand the time over to you, and uh, we just give you freedom to be who you are and do whatever the Lord leads you to do. This is your time. So thank you, Carol. Thank you, John. Bless you both. Thank you, Hanny. Uh, uh, thank you. Love you guys so much. <laughs> thank uh, you so much, Hanny and Sylvie. That's a great, great, absolutely here. great to be with you today. And ah, oh, uh, the worship, guys, was just beautiful. so good. Uh, and you left us hungry for more, <laughs> which is always a good thing. It is a very good thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the worship was amazing, and uh, mm. and then Shola's testimony. Uh, was just the best. Uh, we love the Iranian <laughs> people because they they come up with those kind of testimonies I consistently. Know. It's and amazing. So precious. They really are. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm here with Carol and it's our mm. honor to spend a, a few minutes with you this morning. And uh I want to talk to you a little bit about your purpose in life. And it blessed me, Shola, that that was a key for you yeah. wondering about what is life all about and do I have a purpose? What is my destiny? And those are very provoking questions mm. that all yeah. of us need to um, consider because life moves on. Yeah. And uh, in the song, the first song that we sang today, 
because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And then when we get to the third verse of that song, it says this, and then one day I'll cross that river. Meaning this life that we know on earth will come to an end and we'll be crossing into a whole new dimension that, uh, that if you know Jesus, you're calling heaven. And it's a much, much better place. And I want to talk to you about your purpose in life a little bit and uh, just encourage you to take a hold of it and get on with it after you identify it in what it, in what it may be. And I can tell you what it isn't. It's not about success in this life, uh, accumulating money and things. You know, there's a, there's a, a secular slogan that goes something like this. He who has the most toys when he dies wins. Mm-mm. And that's not the way it works. <laughs> it's not is the way it, it works. Yeah. No, no. No, no. It's not the American dream. It's not you had a big house, you had a successful career, you had all of that stuff, but actually it boils down to the basics. Yeah. Things like love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And uh I want us to read some scripture together. And so if you can come with me to Psalm 103, verse 13, and I'll read 13 to uh, 15, I think I want to go. And it says this, as a father pities his children, so the Lord Jehovah pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place uh, there remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. And so that is saying, basically, this life is very temporal, friends, but very important. But it's leading into something that's going to last us for all eternity. Turn to somebody close to you in your home and say, that's good news. I want to find out my purpose and get on with it. Yes. And then in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6, uh, that thought continues. And the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. I think is about a month ago, I noticed this really nice hibiscus Mm -hmm. tree that Canadian Tire had for sale. So I I brought it home. It was on sale. It's a lovely plant. It had three hibiscus plants all sort of braided into one stem. 
And so there's red and orange and yellow flowers all on it. And uh, a hibiscus plant starts off, as they all do, like a little bud. I don't know if you can see that. That's just a little hibiscus bud that I picked this morning. And this hibiscus bud forms and then very quickly uh, grows into a, into a flower. And uh, the flower is absolutely beautiful. And this is a hibiscus flower that we were able to get hold of this morning. And uh, aren't they beautiful? It's kind of like Gorgeous. you, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> and so this hibiscus flower will will suddenly bloom. Like last night, it was not mm. there. Just a it was bud. a it was a bud, but now this morning it was open and gorgeous, and uh, <clears throat> that flower will last about two to three days, and then after that time, it'll look like this, and it just withers and then drops off and falls off the plant mm. after such a short time, Carol. I know. Look how gorgeous it so is. So I'll trade you here. Okay. You can hold that one. All right. And it's <laughs> these these things in scripture are uh-huh. a reminder to us that our lives mm-hmm. are relatively very short. Now I remember when I was about seventeen, my dad one day said to me, Life is very short, son. Mm-hmm. Life is short. And I'm thinking, well, maybe for you it's short. But I'm 17. I got my whole life ahead of me. I got like, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 years. Yeah. And, uh, and I just let it go of that. And it wasn't until I was maybe 50 that mm. I began to realize, how right. did I get here? I know. Life mm. has just gone by so short. And so all you young people that are listening to this, you probably have the same condition I had. You think you got lots and lots and lots of time. But actually, if you look back over a year, five years, or maybe 10 years for you older ones, you realize that looking back on it, it is actually very, very short. Mm-hmm. And see, it's only what we do for the Lord that lasts. I mean, there was a little... um saying that I learned as a young Christian, and it went like this, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so I want to encourage you, find your purpose in life. And like I said, it's not the uh, American dream of accumulating things and success and notoriety, but um it is embracing the values of the kingdom that are about love and acceptance and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Recently, Carol and I have been reading and enjoying a book entitled Imagine Heaven. And I don't know if the book is in Farsi or not, or, or in Armenian or not, but it's in several languages. Yeah. And we had the privilege of interviewing the author about a week or two ago and his name is John Burke 
And it's an amazing book where he studied about a thousand cases of people who had died because of a car accident, but were resuscitated or a heart attack or some cause of death, usually in a hospital where they were gone for anywhere from 10 minutes to three hours or more. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, these people met departed loved ones and they met this man yeah. in bright white light whom many recognized as Jesus. And I remember one story about a Jewish lady who died. She knew intuitively, instantly, that is Jesus yeah. who's talking. And she felt such love coming to her from him that she didn't want to leave him and she didn't want to return to earth. And he said, you need to go back. Your mission in life is not finished. Mm -hmm. But he had one question for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was this basically, when you were living your life, did you learn how to love? And then as they watched many of them, their own life review about Mm -hmm. circumstances of this, that, or the other, um, how you treat other people and whether you cared about them. And so he never asked, what did you accomplish for me? How many of this, that, or the other did you do or win or whatever? Mm -hmm. It was always, did you learn how to love? And we remember Bob Jones, the prophet, that became his life motto after he returned from dying from a lightning strike. And the Lord sent him back to say, go and learn how to love and teach people how to love. And so this is so amazing because it's the main commandment, the great commandment from Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor and love yourself. So love God, love your neighbor, especially your wife or husband. (laughs) And love yourself as well. A lot of people don't love themselves. They've believed a lie that they're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And you need to know the truth of scripture is that God does not make junk. Mm-hmm. He made you with a potential to, to become beautiful like that flower. Where is it, Carol? But mm-hmm. not one that's going to last two to three days, right. but one that's going to last for all of eternity, because as you and I learn to love, we become more and more like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants to come this morning and fall upon you yes. and help you and teach you, as he did with me, how to become a lover and, and a person that cares about other people. Let's look at a verse of scripture at the very end of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. And the Lord is saying through this prophet, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So friends, there is a day coming, Mm -hmm. and it may be sooner than you and I would think, uh, the great day and the dreadful day for for many of the Lord. And he, this prophet Elijah, 
He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So there's a way that we can head off disaster coming upon families and upon our people. And that is learn love, acceptance, and forgiveness and learn to have our hearts restored to one another, beginning in the families, beginning with fathers and mothers being restored to their children. Well, how do you do that? Well, you go to them and you say, honey, can I talk to you for a minute? I just want to say I'm sorry for any way or any time that I've hurt you or misunderstood you or you felt I let you down. Will you please forgive me? And I was so taken by Shola's testimony about how Hanny came and stood in representing her father that we have done many, many times as well Mm -hmm. and said, I just want to say words that your father should have said, but maybe for whatever reason was unable to say, I am so sorry for hurting you, for abusing you. Uh, Will you please forgive me? I owe you. I can't fix it, but I, I want to be reconciled with you. Please. Will you forgive me? That's a very interesting and powerful way to end the entire Old Testament. Well, then 400 silent years in the Bible, we don't hear anything from the prophets of of God until Luke chapter 1, where Zechariah is doing his service in the temple as a priest of the Lord in the temple. And the angel of the Lord appears to him. And and what does he say? But but this, you're going to have a son, you and Elizabeth, in your old age. And he's going to uh, turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So this is amazing. We haven't heard from God now 400 years, and then he picks up right where he left off. We need restoration between people beginning in families, in the primary group that God builds character and confidence and uh, the, the crucible of where we learn how to love is right in our own families. And so moms and dads, I ask you to be quick to repent to your children and ask for their forgiveness. And children, uh, sometimes people, as they age, they get set in their ways, and they're least likely to do that. I know Carol often said, my mother never said sorry Mm -hmm. to anyone for anything. Ever. (laughs) And I know my mom struggled with that, too, just couldn't admit that she'd ever been wrong. And God bless her. She did get there. But you young people, you can be the catalyst to get this all moving in your family. Because, see, that verse 17 there says to make ready a people prepared for 
the Lord. And Jesus is preparing a church that loves him. It's not just that he loves you, which he does, but he wants you to have the capacity to love him. And to do that, we want to get free of all the things that hinder the grace and the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we want to get free from hurt, from pain, from shame, from judgments, from unforgiveness, from anger, from bitterness. All those things will block the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. But as you repent of them and forgive those who have caused that, why then the Holy Spirit will cause you to open Uh. like a beautiful rose. Oh, I mean... (laughs) Or a, a, a beautiful hibiscus. Where's the bud, Carol? You, you have the bud. You don't want to stay all bottled up like a bud and then die on the on the vine unopened, really. Nor do, nor do you want to um, get all shriveled up and be all shriveled up and then die prematurely. I don't think any of us want that. No, we want this, mm-hmm. where we become all that God wants us to be in the beauty of holiness and in the fragrance of his goodness. And so when we think about the fruit of the spirit and what makes us beautiful, it's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, all those things see come from a soul and a spirit, a person whose life is free to flow in the things of God. And all of this is unto something, people. It's you having a successful life and ministry here. And all of us are called to pray, to serve, and to worship him, but also to win the lost. And winning the lost, you need to become attractive for people. You need to look like this rather than this. Which one would you be attracted to? So shriveled up, dried up Christians that are baptized in lemon juice and miserable because they're Mm -hmm. full of hurt, pain, anger, shame, etc. Or one that has come to full bloom in the likeness of Christ, because very attractive. They're loving people. And people could tell the difference about when uh, they sense that you really care about them. And so they cannot be just a project. You have to care about people. And, of course, we know that it says God cares for us. And so we want to be attractive during our lives, which are very short. Now, the Bible says, teach us to number our days. And I found that a very helpful thing to do. A lot of people don't even want to think about death because they're terrified of it. But death is a fact. People say you can count on two things in life, death and taxes. Both are going to come your way. And so why not get ready for it? If Carol and I were going to take a vacation somewhere where we'd never been. Like we had our honeymoon in Hawaii and we 
Well, I was excited. It was, did I tell you it was a surprise? It was a it? surprise. Yeah, yeah, I didn't tell her it was a yeah. surprise. But anyway, I studied about what's it like and where's the, what do you see? And there's the mountain, the volcano, Haleakala and all that kind of stuff. I knew a bit about what to expect when I got there. And yet many people uh, say, well, I hope I go to heaven when I die, but they've never looked into what heaven may have for them. And I tell you, it is the most beautiful, wonderful place. You may want to get a hold of that book that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. Imagine Heaven by John Burke, because, wow, it encouraged us. Part of us can hardly wait now. I I want want to (laughs) hurry up and finish life. I want to get on with that, you know. But read it twice. But then the other thing is that Jesus is returning to the earth for a bride that loves him. And I personally believe that he's coming in two aspects. He returns to the earth to collect his bride. And then he later comes to the earth and establishes his kingdom, bringing his bride with him. And so let's look at a couple of scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 3. John 14 is my favorite chapter. But Jesus is saying, um, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions, many homes. If it were not so, would I tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So if I go, this is verse 3, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So where is Jesus today? He's in heaven. He's alive in heaven at the Father's right hand. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, where I am there, you may be also. We're going to be with him in heaven for a while before he returns to the earth. And uh, I would like you to be really ready for that day and that event. If you read... Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21, Matthew chapter 24, you'll get an idea of, of things that are about to come on the earth. And, and we're in those birth pains right now, I believe, that the coming of the Lord is at hand. And you may want to study the book of Revelation because it lays a lot of it out. It'll stir up more questions than it answers, probably, but it'll give you an overview because everybody wants to know what's the future? What's happening? Where's this COVID virus going to take us? Um, do people I care about, are, are they going to succumb to this thing? Uh, what's going to happen? There's so many. So, I read a statistic, this I think this morning, that said it, there's over 10 million cases of people who have contacted the COVID-19 virus. And so people are frightened about that. What what if my life ends? And they need to know it's okay. If you know Jesus, you do not need to fear death. That was one of the things that stood out with all the ones who had these near-death experiences and came back. Every one of them lost their fear of death. Yeah. Isn't that great? No more 
being afraid of death because you've touched and experienced a little bit of what's on the other side of this life. Leave your physical body behind, take on a spiritual body, and go and be with the Lord. Because the Bible says, St. Paul wrote, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And so I want to finish with with one last uh, verse from uh, Matthew chapter 25. This is a precious verse. Carol, Carol had a powerful vision uh, with this verse. If we had more time, I'd get her to tell us. But anyway, um, here we go. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So these are people who were born again. They got to know Jesus as their savior, and they set out on the journey to meet with him. And it, but it says five were wise, five were wise, and five were foolish. What was the difference? Those who were foolish took their lamps. You know, in, in old days, they had like an oil lamp, yeah. and uh, they filled it with oil and put a wick on it and... uh I got one in just the other room, Carol. Maybe you, I don't know if you can run and grab it. But anyway, no, never mind. Everybody knows what it is. And they didn't take extra oil in a jar. They, they, they didn't take a bottle of oil with them, you know. They, they just took <laughs> what was in the lamp. And then it says, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And, uh, that's interesting. The bridegroom has been delayed. He has. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus was here. And yet, when you read the New Testament, there's dozens of scriptures where Jesus himself talks about his hope of his soon return. Mm -hmm. And so, but he was delayed. And while he was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And I read that scripture one day and I stopped right there and I said, God, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm asleep. Right. I feel like I'm wide awake. Uh, we're in the midst of revival. Yeah. It's never been better. Our church is full of people coming from all over the world. Good things are happening. Lives are being transformed. Lord, I don't feel like I'm asleep. And just like that, he spoke to me and he said, You are asleep concerning the message of the soon return of Jesus Christ. And I was struck with it. And I went, oh, yes, I have not preached on the soon coming of Mm -hmm. Jesus at that time for about 10 years. Right. And that was about 20 years ago. (laughs) I preach it now from time to time. So do I. But friends, this is the great hope of the church. Comfort yourselves with these words. Life is not all about this life. Life is about that day when he comes for you, when you meet him face to face, either through death, which is not such a bad deal for Christians, or when he comes for his bride and the great catching up of the saints the great harpazo, as it's called in Greek, 
where Jesus comes for his own. And so, friends, get busy about what your life's Mm -hmm. purpose is all about. You are here to bring hope, to bring love, and to bring forgiveness to people around you and become good at helping people to take hope. The good news of the gospel brings hope like nothing else. And a revelation of who Jesus is and getting into the New Testament and reading it will bring comfort and peace like nothing else. And then the filling of the Holy Spirit makes it all come in full color stereo because there's no life like it. And, uh, I just want to pray a blessing over you. And now we're going to have communion together and celebrate who he is. And so, Hanny, if you need to jump in here, please do it. Otherwise, I'll just carry on with communion. But we want to take communion together, friends. And so if you're not quite prepared, run quick and get a cracker or some piece of bread and some juice or or some wine and and let's come together and celebrate yeah. uh the Lord's death as he said in remembrance of him do this in remembrance of me and we're going to we're going to we're going to take this and, and this this bread uh represents the body of Jesus it is the passover dinner with full explanation now where the bread is not just a part of a celebration, but it's represents the life of Jesus broken for you and I. And please remember it was my sin and yours that made it necessary for him to be broken. When we read about this in the book of Isaiah, uh, it says he was marred more than any man. He was whipped to oblivion. He was so disfigured. He was almost mm-hmm. unrecognizable. And uh, I think Pilate was hoping that that would suffice. But no, he had to become the Passover lamb. And that's what John the Baptist said when he first saw Jesus. He said, look, the lamb of God, there he is. He will take away the sin of the world. And I want you to go deep with that with me for just a moment. And so understand a little deeper why Jesus had to die. I want you to know that our father in heaven is absolutely perfect in all his ways. He's perfect. He's never done anything wrong. He's always done everything perfect. And are you happy about that? Are you happy that God is perfect? I am. We are. And yet, when you think about the implications of that, that means he will not tolerate even one infraction, one sin. One time that you beat your children in cruelty and anger. One time that you mistreat your wife. Or one time that you uh, 
do this or do that. You're unfaithful to your husband or whatever it is where you steal, you know, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. Mm. That tells us uh, many of the things that are wrong. But when you're hurting one another in the heart. So the Bible's clear. All have sinned and fall short of the glory or the requirement Mm. of God. And so now there's an outstanding debt that must be paid. So who's going to pay that off? Can I pay it myself? No, I have nothing to pay with. Mm -hmm. How can I reverse what I did 40, 50 years ago? I can't do it. I need help. And that's where Jesus comes in. The son of God came to pay my debt with his life. I deserve to die. Mm. And so do you. But he died in my place so that my debt could be paid. And it works like this. Imagine if someone was robbing banks and breaking into homes Mm. and stealing from people and all that kind of stuff. So there was this young guy who was doing all of that, but the police caught him and it all went to court. He stood before the judge and the judge said, young man, I find you guilty as charged and I sentence you to $100,000 fine, or you will serve five years in prison. Mm-hmm. Well, the young man says, well, I, I don't have any money. Right. Well, then five years in prison. But just mm-hmm. then someone stood in the court and said, your honor, may I speak? This young man is a friend of mine and I love him. And I know that he's truly sorry for what he's done wrong. See, that's the key, truly sorry. So if the court pleads, I will pay the fine for him. And do you know the friend wrote out the check, handed $100,000, the court accepted the friend's money and released that young man into the custody of his friend. Now, what just happened there was, Justice was not compromised. The fine was $100,000 or jail time. And yet someone who loved him came and paid the fine, paid the debt, satisfied the law, the legality of justice, so that mercy could now triumph over judgment. And that is exactly what Jesus has done for you and I. So who is this one that could pay the debt of the whole world? He has to be the son of God because an angel couldn't do that, Carol. No, or a great leader couldn't do it. No. Even a mighty prophet could not no. do it. It has to be the son of God himself mm. whose life is worth more than all of us put together. Yeah. He comes to earth as a man. He dies in our place and pays our debt and then rises from the dead because it would be wrong to leave him dead. He didn't do anything wrong. Right. And so he ever lives now to make intercession for us. And we are celebrating right now the death of our Savior 
that has made eternal life possible. And so Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. What he meant by that is assimilate spiritually into your spirit all that I am. Eat me in that sense and take my life in you. And so take your bread this morning and eat it. Yes, uh, before him and remember the Lord's mm. death until he comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And likewise, he took the cup when they had finished supper, and this was their Passover Seder dinner, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. A new agreement, friends, where you don't have to strive keeping all the rules and regulations religiously of the law. But now John 3.16 is true. God so loved the world, so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son. So that if you just believe, Nothing to do but believe you will never perish, but have eternal life. This blood represents the blood of Christ. You know, when I was in Bible school years ago, I began wondering, why did Jesus, uh, I knew why he had to die, but why such a horrible death of crucifixion? And I discussed it with one or two of the professors, and I was not satisfied. But the Lord gave me the answer one day, and, he, and, he, and it was this. Even though crucifixion is the most painful, horrible death ever devised by humanity, um, there's something about it that's important. And so this is not exhaustive. There's many reasons why crucifixion was it. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree, and he who knew no sin became a curse for us. But as he hung there, he slowly, over six hours, actually bled to death. And in so doing, we see a a powerful dynamic happen here. You remember when at the last moment, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's a good question. God, why did you forsake him at the very last moment? And I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says, he who had no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so Jesus had your sin and mine and the sins of the whole world placed on that broken body, and he didn't just take it, he became it. And he became sin for you and me, and it was crucified. My sin was crucified to his cross. But see, it never touched his blood. His blood had already been poured out at the whipping and at the foot of the cross, coming out of the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands and his feet. And 
For the most mm. part, every drop of blood had drained out of him until in absolute weakness, he says, into my, into your hands, I dismiss my spirit. And he bowed his head and he died. So the book of Hebrews tells us that now the blood of Jesus cries out better things than the blood of Abel cries out. For the blood of Abel, who was murdered by his brother, children of Adam, Cain murdered Abel, and his blood was crying for justice from the ground. God, do something. My brother has taken my life. But the blood of Jesus, do you know what it says over you? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mercy, mercy, love, blessing. Father, forgive them. And so his blood was never touched by sin. And when you drink it spiritually into your spirit, it becomes life to you. His life, his pure, unaffected, unadulterated life. Friends, take your communion cup and hold it up. Saying, this is the blood of Jesus that I eat and drink into my spirit right now because I I want to be like him with all my heart. Mm -hmm. The blood of Jesus, friends. Father, I thank you for the great hope that we have in remembering who our Savior is and was and evermore will be. I thank you that soon and very soon we are going to see the King one way or the other. Maybe it's our short life will come to an end and we'll come out of these bodies and meet him. But on the other hand, we may well be here when he comes unexpectedly to gather up his bride. And so Holy Spirit, Lead us in our purpose in life. Take us into that place where you want us to go. We present ourselves to you, Lord. We repent of our sins. We ask you to wash us. We choose to forgive everyone for everything they've ever said or done that has hurt us or shamed us or whatever has happened. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. We want to be that beautiful flower that you have purposed for us to be in our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now on everyone who's in church and everyone who's watching at home. Holy Spirit, descend upon them. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God, be done. On earth, in Toronto. In Ontario, yes, just Lord. as wow. it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. And be done all over Thank the world just as it mm. is in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. Yeah. There's no sickness in heaven. Yeah. Lord, I ask you to heal pain mm. and sickness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to come and mm. fill your people with the kingdom of yes, God Lord. as the good news of mm. Jesus permeates our soul to a deeper level than ever before this morning. I rebuke pain. I rebuke inflammation. I rebuke kidney problems in Jesus' name. 
I rebuke those aching mm. joints. Mm. Arthritis, go from your people right now. Eye problems, hearing problems, go from them. Breathing problems. Mm. Someone's breathing is with, with great difficulty. I rebuke yes. that. Heal that one, O oh Holy Spirit, in the name yeah. of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that mm. your presence will just settle down over us with the Father's yes, promised Lord. blessing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you settle down yeah. over your people who you love, for whom Jesus died? Mm-hmm. And will you love them to life? And will you fill them with the Spirit? And will you encourage their heart that they're not junk? They're not uh, failures. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're children of the Most High God, and you have a purpose for them. And I ask you to raise them up in their destiny this morning and let them go forth in the time that we have left and be a, be salt and light in this city and in this world yes, for Jesus sake. Thank so you, keep Lord. coming, Holy Spirit, mm. keep coming. And yeah. those of you who are in the church this morning, you may want to come to the front and stand across the front mm. and those in leadership could come and just bless you. I don't know if you got gloves on that you can pray for them or masks. how that works. Yeah. Gloves and masks, right? But make it, make it work. But I invite yeah. you to come forward sure. and say, I'm doing this. And if you're at home watching, as many of you are, why don't you just pray for one another? Yeah. And say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you do welcome to come. Lord. Just like I'm praying for Carol. Mm. Fire on you. Uh, <laughs> yo. Uh, uh, pray for them as well, my love. Lord, I just feel that there's uh, someone watching here today that is in terrible pain from a car accident that is never healed right. And I just feel like the power of God. Mm, is coming on you right now. Ah, uh, if you just begin to move and check it out, ah, you'll feel the pain lifting, lifting. And that healing belongs to you because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And I bless that in you, in Jesus' name. Ah, thank you, Lord. Why don't you lead everybody mm. in that little prayer right now, Carol? Mm. If you've got something wrong, aches and pains or, you know, too Mm. much of this or not enough of that, whatever's wrong, say this little prayer with Carol because it is the will of God to heal you and his time is right now. So just pray after me. Jesus, I thank you for my healing. Jesus, I thank you for my healing. Because you've said that this healing belongs to me. You've said this healing belongs to me. Because of what you've done at the cross, Jesus. Because of what you've done at the cross. And at the whipping post. And at the whipping post. I receive my healing now. I receive my healing now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now let that anointing just come on you. Just begin to breathe him in and let his presence come. Now place your own hand oh, over yeah. your need. 
Yes, Lord. It might be your throat, your neck, your yes, knees, Lord. your feet, your hands, your head, your eyes, your ears, whatever it is. Lay your own yeah. hands on that as an extension of the hands yes, of Jesus. Lord. And let the anointing mm. go in. Yes, Lord. Lord, we put our faith in your presence right now. We do, Lord. We tell sickness and pain to go and the kingdom of God to come. Yes, Lord. Remembering mm. there is no sickness in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Now I want you to check yourself yeah, for move. a moment. Just move, twist, turn, you know, do whatever. Yeah. And if you feel like, wow, we're getting somewhere, I want you to wave excitedly and tell somebody and give God all the glory. Will you do that? God bless you, friends. It was a pleasure and a joy to be with you all today. And thank you for that testimony. Hanny, Mm -hmm. may I give it back to you, please? John and Carol, thank you so much uh, for your heart. Thank you so much for what you've released and just for the grace with which you uh, speak to us. I think you're hearing me, correct? Just somebody wave or, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, there's so much happening today here on the ground that uh, I'm not sure what signal is going where anymore. It's just uh, all happening at the same time. But uh, we're, we're just so honored. Uh, the grace in which you uh, speak the heart that you you carry, the way that you uh, exude the love of God in every interaction, uh, both on a personal level and today here on a corporate level when you're sharing with us all. Uh, We see the love of Christ in you and through you. And uh, just as you demonstrated with the uh, hibiscus, uh, the dry withered up one that was baptized, I think you said in lemon juice, and that was so powerful. And sometimes we Christians tend to, to feel and act that way unfortunately. But uh, there you go. That's the one versus the one that's nice and bloomed and, and just radiating all the goodness and the love of God. Yeah, that's it. So we, we want to model that. We want to live that way. And uh, you've been good parents to us in the church here in the city, in Toronto, and globally. Uh, what you have done is just beautiful. So we thank you. I'm going to ask uh, if uh, Robin and Mary are uh, I think they also wanted to add a few words of thanks to you. And uh, where are you guys? Right here. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, John and Carol, we just wanted to bless you this morning. And the Lord, I really sense in the spirit that the Lord has more glory for you than you've experienced even yet to this time. And so I release that for you both in glory after glory after glory and growing glory that what you've experienced is great, but there's greater glory ahead for you. And I just want to bless you. That was awesome today, John and Carol. Thank you. And Mary and I would like to thank you. Um, we first heard you live 
February 1995 at Harvest Rock Church. We were part of Cheon's church. And we were sent out by Cheon's church up here to Toronto. And we came with uh, Pastor Che and a ministry team in the summer of 1995 and got to do ministry as ministry team in your church. And you've truly been father and mother to a lot of how we see Jesus, God, the church, the way to do church. You were just so influential and we are so blessed. And I echo Mary's uh, prayer. And just one other little thing I felt like God wanted to add is he's really excited to be able to say to you both, well done. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, I'm going to pass it on to Aaron, who's going to help us with the announcements at this point.